Welcome back to another episode of Artisans in Trade. I am your host, Stephen Obisanya, and together we are peering into the lives of creatives and the work they dedicate their lives to. My guest this week is Bill Murphy. Uh, he's a New York City-based artist working primarily in printmaking, drawing, and painting. His work involves a naturalist and contemplative study of subjects such as barren landscapes, abandoned ships, and graveyards of wooden sailing vessels. Many of his works are heavily based in etching, lithography from stone, uh, watercolor, oil paint, graphite, and charcoal. He is a recently retired professor from Wagner College on Staten Island, where he taught drawing, printmaking, and watercolor painting. Bill is currently represented in the permanent collection of the British Museum, the Brooklyn Museum, the New York Public Library, and many more. In this episode, we talk about how to continuously reignite the passion in your work, uh, we talk about the significance of intuition and finding inspiration to unravel new ideas. Uh, you can find Bill Murphy on Instagram at bill.murphy77. And you can also find him online at aburninglight.com. I would highly recommend that you check out the links in the show notes. If you like what you're listening to, uh, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation at artisansandtrade.com forward slash donate, um, or simply leave a rating and review on iTunes. It's honestly just a few clicks, and if you wish to leave a positive review, feel free to do so. Um, if we're doing something that's not quite meeting uh, a standard of yours, let us know, and we'll be happy to fix that. Um, all right. I hope you enjoy this chat with the wonderful Mr. Murphy. This is Artisans in Trade. Thank you so much for um, taking the time to truly want to contribute to um, the podcast experience and, you know, for the listeners. Um I think it'd be great to have a sort of uh, background to, um, you know, who you are, your experience over the years. Um, I think I discovered one of your works of, um, I think it was a, a shipyard or something of that nature a few years ago. And I absolutely fell in love. And then I, I was happy to know that, you know, you were accessible and, you know, really close by. Um, so tell me a little bit about, you know, your experience and, what you've been doing over the years of teaching? Well, you know, I, I'm, I was born on Staten Island and uh, um, I'm still here. And I've been uh, pretty much working as an artist for really at least 45 years, I would say, you know, and I mean, I, I started, my mother used to say that I was, I drew before I talked, you know, <laughs> and uh my every man, I mean, I can't remember a time when I wasn't drawing or asking the question, what am I going to draw today? You know, <laughs> which is another aspect of, um, of it, you know, is, is the, um, what we've been talking about, you know, the, the, the more, I think the more deeper questions, um, about the art process, you know, is sort of like, what am I going to work on and how, how am I going to 
how am I going to approach it? And how am I going to maintain interest in it? These are things that I've been finding as I've been um, working uh, more, you know. Um, but I've been primarily, I've been a um, printmaker, painter, um, uh, drawer over the last 40 years. And um, I'm still doing it. And uh, I went to the School of Visual Arts, which was a, a really good experience for me um, back in the 1970s. And, uh, you know, I've taken, I've taken classes since just to kind of broaden my, my um, understanding. I got a master's degree so I could have the teaching job primarily. I, mm -hmm. I taught at Wagner for 35 years, Wagner College here on Staten Island and um, just retired. So now I've got more time to really kind of focus on the kind of work that, that I want to explore. And Yeah. And what kind of, what kind of work are you exploring at this uh, stage of your career? Well, it's a funny thing. I, I, the last six weeks or so I started um, painting. And when I say painting, I mean painting in uh, oil and acrylic really. And I had kind of abandoned that for a long period of time. And um, I made a kind of, I'm going to say it was a conscious, although in retrospect, I probably didn't give it as much thought as I could have by making a big decision by saying, I'm not going to work in that those mediums anymore. And I'm going to stick to the mediums that um, people seem to gravitate to in my work, which is the drawing and the printmaking and watercolor painting. Um, I realize now, I can't say it was a mistake because, you know, I sort of believe that there are very few real, real mistakes in life, you know, because this is how, this is how we learn and this is how we get to the next step, so to speak, you know, and that's, that's true for me. Um, it just sort of, uh, forced its way out uh, about a month and a half ago where I I just found myself at a point of where I I needed to do something new. Mm -hmm. And it, it really isn't totally new because I've been painting. I painted for many, many years. And um, but I, I found that things were feeling kind of stale, you know, and I really felt the need to as I say to to to, to do something that would invigorate things, you know, and um, sort of like, you know, walking in the dark, putting one foot in front of the other, you're not quite sure where you're going. And mm. I just kind of, you know, tricked myself <laughs> into beginning to paint. <laughs> and I really, um, I, I feel very um, excited about it, actually, you know, it feels like, wow, this feels really good. This is a good, this is a good return to, to something for me. And um, so that's where I'm at. at yeah. Now. I was just thinking about um, yesterday, I was thinking about how many artists have so many different uh, talents. They have uh, the ability to, in your case, draw and, you know, paint and work with watercolor and you also etch. Uh, like there, there's so many elements to the work you do. Um, at some point in the beginnings of that, process of discovering who you were as an artist, did you selectively choose to pursue a certain amount of things and leave, say, painting by the wayside? Or uh, was it like a somewhat conscious decision to just kind of like figure out uh, what was promising career-wise? 
for many, many years, I did all of it. And I would kind of bounce from one to the other. I mean, bounce in a good way in that um, when I got a little bit tired of making etchings, I would, you know, paint. And then uh, I would paint for a while. And then uh, maybe I would get an idea for some drawings and 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 work on some really large scale drawings for six months or a year. And then, oh, I think I'll go back to, I think I'm going to try to lithograph. You know, that kind of thing where I could keep moving around. In some ways, you know, in commercially speaking, it probably wasn't the wisest. I mean, not that I, I, I really don't think you can make decisions about this because I think it's decided for you in a mm. kind of way. But it wasn't really the wisest thing because, you know, in commercial, in, certainly in galleries, they want a product from you that you become identified with. And uh, you see that all the time, you know, you go into um, a gallery, for instance, that shows figurative artists and, you know, first of all, 90% of the work you're going to see are oil paintings or acrylic on canvas. And each artist has a kind of niche that that gallery, oh, we have a guy who does flowers, you mm -hmm. know, we have somebody who does pastoral landscapes, we have the figure painter. And uh, I'm kind of all over the chart, but I find that much more interesting, you know, in terms of the creative part of it than to limit myself. You know, I mean, I do, I do landscapes. Um, I do figures. I do portraits. Um, the only thing I've never really done a lot of is, is uh, still life painting. Cause I just, it just never really moved me uh, mm. terribly. Uh, occasionally I could probably show you, a dozen things that I've done that are still lives, but I don't, you know, just don't gravitate towards that very much. But um, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, I, I've really enjoyed it and I wouldn't change it. Uh, but in terms of commercial, the commercial side of it, I suppose probably not the wisest thing to do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it seems like you have to sacrifice uh, one or the other. You have to sacrifice your creativity or you sacrifice, um, you know, notoriety in a way. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've been talking about this idea of um, longevity over one's career as a, a you know, an artist. Um, and even if it's not longevity, um, the idea of continuing to remain inspired in the work we're making, um, continuing to know what we want to say, um, and just like figuring out how to uh, continue to reignite that passion for the thing that we fell in love at some point um, in time. So how have you continued to sort of reignite that passion for your work? Um, what are some exercises that have helped and how can others kind of follow suit? Right, right. You know, that's, I think that um, we were talking about this before, you know, there's so many podcasts and articles and even books about, you know, how to make your, how do you, how to make uh, trees look real or, right. or how to, uh, how to paint faces, you know, whatever it is, the how to, and uh, that's great, you know, for people who are really in that process. But, I, you know, there isn't a whole lot of information out there from people about, like, what do you do after you've kind of maybe gone through the technical aspects of uh, really learning how you know, how to, the, the fundamentals and, and the techniques and all of that, you know. And then comes the real 
the real question of what do you ha- what do you have to say, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, if you go to galleries, a lot of times you see that, like my question is, well, why are these people like what 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 is being said, you know? So that's that's the number one question. And then you know uh, you know not that you're going to come up with like a very literal sense of well I want to. I want to talk about, you know, for instance, um, uh, you can, uh, maybe you're interested, you know, it could be as contemporary social issues that are going on in the world. And that, right. that's fine, you know, um, or whatever it is. But, uh, you know, my question has been, okay, I'm interested in the world. I'm interested in the world around me. I'm interested in the people around me. Um, but I don't want to repeat myself. And that's a very, very big uh, issue for me. So what I have found is that when I start a picture now or contemplate starting a picture, I have to ask myself, and I mean this literally, I ask myself, what, what am I going to discover? What, chance, what do I have a chance of discovering in this, in this picture I want to make that I'm thinking about making right now, you know? Now I want to say if if I'm drawing if I'm drawing the figure I'm not going to go through those that cerebral yeah. aspect you know but when it comes to the actual art making process I'm in my I'm in my studio I'm going to start something does it feel like it has a doorway into it that mm-hmm. I can enter that's going to give me something that I have that I haven't been given yet by a picture and um if it doesn't feel that, I, I generally just drop it. You know, I drop the idea, you know, and find something that does speak to me. I mean, it can be on, as we were talking about, you know, it can be on so many different, um, in so many different ways. It can be something that, um, well, one of the things that, that I mentioned earlier was the idea of changing something along the line that you usually do, hmm. right? So if you are an oil painter, maybe it is time, and this harks back to what I was saying before, it's time to maybe take a look at something, a medium that you haven't explored yet, right? So there's, uh, or or a scale. For instance, a lot of artists will continually work kind of in the same scale, you know, and, and so I, I find like if I work really big, if I do a drawing that's, let's say for a drawing, um, four by five feet is a pretty big drawing, right? Um, you know, if I do three or four or five of them, uh, then I kind of like to throw myself a little bit of a curveball and go maybe to do a very small etching, you know, a three inch by three inch etching. So it, it it's it's that change that gives me something that puts me back in touch with the very beginning stages of feeling that the, that it's new, that there's a, um, a potentiality yeah. to it, you know, and I find that, that really, uh, really a helpful kind of um, process, part of the process. Yeah. What, what are some, some answers that you come up with when you, pause and ask yourself, what am I trying to discover or say with this new thing that I'm doing? What are some answers? How do you know and confirm to yourself that, yes, this is worth pursuing and diving into? Well, the, the first thing to realize is it doesn't have to be a literal answer. Mm. You know, when I was in graduate school, um, 
there, you know, people, people would ask you to explain your work, right? So you had to give a very cerebral kind of explanation of what you were doing. And then finally, an artist friend of mine said to me, you know, you don't have to know why you're doing it. You don't have to be able to really always explain it. But the important thing is with me, it's, see, I, I, I believe in the intuition. I think the intuition is the artist's most important, at least for me, it's the most important part of finding my way through the process, you know, and um, it's, it's a very, uh, it's a difficult process to describe because it's a very personal thing when I say intuition, right? And um, small little clues, little things pop up and you, you okay, like, um, let's say I, I want to do, I'm, I'm kind of contemplate doing a, a contemplating doing a self-portrait right now. So, so I'm thinking to myself, how can, I've done 500 self-portraits, wow. you know, how is this going to, what is this going to, how can I find things interesting, right? That's the perfect example, yeah. So I, I start looking at myself in the mirror and I, I realize, wow, you know, you've, you've really, you look pretty old now, <laughs> you know, like I've never done a picture that I've really focused on maybe some of these things that have changed in my face over the last X number of years, you know, a little thing like that, you suddenly begin to discover things that, you know, different ways of following. And again, it's not always literal, you know, it's not always literal. It's that intuitive path that opens up inside of you where you watch your feelings you watch what's happening. You watch your excitement level. Mm. You know, when you mm. contemplate, mm, I'm in the park. Wow, this is, look at the people. Look at the way the sunlight is haloing these figures who are backlit. That is, mm. that is exciting. That I want, that's what I want. And so when I say intuition, that's part of it. You know, that general you know, that curiosity pulled into that direction. I don't know what it means. I mean, I can't tell you, I could say things that light is very spiritual to me. You know, the quality of light in a picture opens up a whole world of, for lack of a better term, spirituality. And so yeah. that's really important to me. And um, so that's something that I would, would be always turned on by when I see that kind of thing happening, you know, um, but, uh, you know, something that, that I wanted to mention that um, that I find is, is I think, a really good, um, there's these different, uh, there are, I hate to call them techniques, because as soon as they <laughs> enter into the world of technique, they kind of become uh, narrative, yeah, and like in a narrative, a linear kind of development, and but but there are things you can do that you can that you can discover for yourself. Um, for me, some of this came from the book uh, "The Artist's Way" yeah. by Julia Cameron. And um, if if any, you know whoever might be watching this who uh, is interested in um, in some of these ideas, uh, and in particular, if you're somebody who perhaps has been working for a while and for one reason or, or another you kind of hit a wall as, as we all do from time to time. This is really, this, this book more than any other that I've seen is the book to check out, you know, and um, a couple of things that she talks about that have really been helpful to me is um, what she calls the morning pages. So that, you know, you start your day 
when you're kind of in a in a very open state, um, you know, maybe you've had some coffee and you're kind of waking up and you just, if you can write three pages <clears throat> and you can just kind of let out whatever it is, you know, you don't necessarily want it to be a diary, but if it goes in that direction, it goes in that direction. But the point of three pages is usually the first page is kind of like what you did yesterday. And then, you know, maybe some things you're thinking about, but then uh, other things can emerge that you may be like, almost like free associating, you know, the things that can come up that you're actually excited about or worried about or interested in that have been evading your conscious mind to some degree. So uh, the morning pages have been really helpful. I started doing them about uh, 20 years ago, and I've kind of of maintained it. I have a lot of books that I have filled (laughs) with a lot of journals. Uh, And they can be handy, too, sometimes to see how how things were at a particular time when you were thinking about this, or maybe when you really made a big leap in your work and to see what was going on internally at that point, you know? Yeah. The other thing that she suggests in the book that I really have have found to be really helpful um, and sort of we're we're touching upon it and we talk about going for a walk in the park is um, something she calls the artist date. And that's, you know, going out, you're making a date literally with that part of yourself that is the the artist part of yourself, you know, and. And going out and looking for these visual excitements that exist all around us in the world, any any place that you are right now, you can find things that are interesting. You know, we look around the interior space that we live in and we see it day after day to a point where we don't really see our in like my studio, my living room or whatever. But when you go out into the world and again, you know, that element of light. Uh, fills, whether it's nighttime or daytime, there can be a magic that happens with all that, that will suddenly, with me anyway, light something up inside, you know, that intuitive process. And again, you know, we believe so much in our thinking mind, you know, that that mind, which, which just doesn't shut up, (laughs) always is talking, you know, that and, and is basically, you know, an associative, it, it, it leads from one associative thought to another, to another, to another, right? But behind that is, I think, the really, our, our, uh, if I could use the, the, the term, you know, like our truest self is somewhere way behind that. And it's a very big part of ourselves. And um, to get to that, you know, is, is the process. And that's really what I, what I mean when I say the intuition that it comes from there. Yeah. And it really tells you when something, you know, it's, it's a non verbal process that happens, but it tells you when you're in touch with, it tells me when I'm in touch with something, which is truthful. You know, when I see something in the world, like I, I just use the analogy of seeing some people in a park with a particular type of light on them. That illuminates a kind of truth 
And I can't tell you what that is, but I feel it and I know it inside. Hmm. And that deeper part of me is responding to that as those impressions enter. And that, that to me is the process that is so exciting and so interesting. You know? and, yeah. That reminds me very much of um, the decisive moment for street photographers, right, you know, right. when you're walking around taking the, the, taking life in on a regular basis and, you know, you don't know why you're pressing the shutter, but you know that at an instant you're moved to, you know, photograph something, um, a gesture or, you know, uh, like you said, a light hidden uh, a subject in a particular I way. Bet I bet if you, I bet the intuition comes into play. Like I've read a little right. bit about like Cortez and those photographers that they would anticipate and wait because they knew they were at, there was, they could feel that's brilliant that, that the conditions were there. Right. Mm. And, you know, they knew the conditions were there. They were waiting. They didn't know what they were waiting for all the time, but they were waiting for that thing to happen. That photography is so great at, yeah. you know, of getting that moment, you know, that's such a great example. Yeah. Knowing that uh, this is actually very similar. Um, last year I got to photograph um, an image for the public art fund and it was my first time getting commissioned. Um, and the idea was to basically find a photograph an image that um, captured, you know, um, isolation and, you know, COVID and um, something that encapsulated that whole experience. And I didn't know what I was looking for for like a few days. Um, I had an idea of what would be ideal. Um, but just walking around and knowing that I had to figure out how to match the ideal image in my head to an actual real life situation or scenario was kind of like daunting. Um, mm -hmm. But you, in a sense, you know what you're looking for, but you kind of chalk it up to faith in a way where, right. you know, you, th you, you're paying enough attention. You, you know how to see uh, that when you do see that thing or when you're moved by this, you know, um, moment. You know, what, you said is, what you said is really interesting because that part of our brain, that front part of our brain, which is always planning and scheming and mm. <laughs> right? it's saying, okay, I have to come up with an idea, mm. right? I have to, what am I going to do? And so what I do is like, I start making lists you know, go to the Gowanus Canal, go to the water at Mariner's Harbor, go to uh, Brooklyn, you know, whatever it is, all these lists of things, yeah. right? So that's that attempt there. Now, what, what happens is I'm in my car and I'm driving to the Gowanus Canal and suddenly I see something from the highway that I'd never seen before mm -hmm. that's in a whole different part of wherever, the landscape, and something happens, you know, and that's that unplanned part that the thing is, you got to get going. You have to get for me, it's I have to get out into the world yeah. and I have to look around and then I can't you can't predict that. But if you're in the right state, if you're in that looking, searching, really, if you're really, as you're saying, you know, you were searching for an image which uh, put into the, the physical world, what you were trying to express, right? Yeah. If, if you, you know, if you put yourself where you, where you have the opportunity of finding that, mm. that's the key. Yeah. And that's what you learn. And that's a very hard thing to learn 
like you can't learn that in a school, really. I don't think you know. You have to learn that by doing it. By after practice, yeah. A number of times, over and over again. At least for me, that's how it how it happened. You know. Yeah, I mean, it makes you want more um, opportunities. I mean, I think that there needs to be a, a bit more of a learning opportunity, and I'm sure you know photography programs do this, of course. Um, uh, where you're able to apply what the things you're learning you know, in the real world, um, in the, not necessarily a constrained setting, but like, you know, they let you loose and you're able to really learn on the, on the go. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, everything you learn, like you said, the techniques are its own thing. But when we step away from the techniques into uh, the world that isn't so defined, I think we stumble upon um, the essence of what we're, we're truly after. Right. And for me, it was just learning how to listen to uh, that that deeper part of me, which which I'll call the intuition at this point, you know, mm. um, you know, and it's it's small things that can that. And, and again, if we try and, you know, analyze it um, intellectually, it doesn't always hold up. Like, I can't tell you why I'm trying to draw a model. Yeah. And it's not, you know, nothing's really happening. And suddenly she turns her head and I see maybe almost just a little bit of her cheek and the and the back of her head, and there it is. Something speaks to me. You know, you can't predict those moments. You know, those are the things that you learn. You learn that okay, I've got to try this. I have to try that. Let's see. Maybe something will click. Something will happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm curious uh, about that. Um, the the morning pages and journaling aspect of your, your practice over the, I, I want to say maybe 20 plus years. Um, how, is there a way that that specific practice correlates with how uh, your work is um, carried out? How does that specific practice influence what comes out of your, um, you know, drawings and paintings? That's, that's a hard one to really, I can't give you specific ideas Nothing is coming immediately, but when you're in that process, and sometimes I'll just start writing and, you know, the imagination just kind of takes off and it can be something from childhood. It can be something, something that I saw on the way to the city a week ago and I forgot about it and it just emerges at that point inside that process, you know, and then, yeah, you know, I meant, I meant to investigate that and I never got there. Let me go back there. You know, yeah. so it's, it, the problem is we don't have an, even in this whole last year of being locked down, I think people have, have been losing more and more of that, that art of, of being by themselves. Hmm. And, you know, the, the art process, particularly visual arts, is really a, you know, to a large extent, um, uh, you know, something that is, you know, the individual by themselves reflecting. And, you know, so I think the, the morning, the morning pages is something that's just another piece of that for me of, of um, 
having that time by myself and, and, you know, the reflection time, uh, you know, you see it, I'm sure, I'm sure you see it. We all see it of, of people, people aren't alone anymore. You know, it's, it's today. I just, I saw so many people out on the street and, you know, crossing the street with the cell phone, you know, in their hand Mm -hmm. texting, Mm -hmm. it's like losing everything that's around us. Right. And, And I mean, it's a cliche now because we all see it so often, but it's it's also the truth, and it's an important thing to to watch in ourselves. At least for me, I, I feel. You know. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great point. I think um, there is a lot of uh, self time uh, missing where we're not able to really. Ta- and I think this is why a lot of us get so caught up and distracted um, because we're running away from you know really facing who we are at the very core in a real way. Um, It's why, you know, TV exists, uh, drinks exist, and all these things to take you away from you. Um, I've been doing this thing, uh, I I think I started a few months ago, um, basically like I got back on Twitter and I didn't necessarily love the platform, but I just wanted to use it for myself. So I started these uh, 365 days um, exploring just different things that I'm thinking about through a very short um, writing. And that process allowed me to really like dig into my subconscious about things that I'm learning, things that I'm uh, hearing people talk about, and then figuring out my own perspectives on, you know, these things. And what do I think of uh, what I've just learned, or what do I think of what this person has said? And, you know, I do a little write-in that can help others when they read it, um, but it helps me first. So I think, you know, like you said, the morning pages, practices like these are, uh, are very helpful because we don't give enough attention to um, how we think and what we think about. And um, there's so much gold in, in here, <laughs> inside of the mind that we, we don't allow to, to come out. One of the things about the book is, uh, you know, I wish I had a copy to show you, but, you know, it's it's just a fun book, too, because, um, you know, it's every page has a quote, a great quote about I love that. Art, the process of art. And she also talks at, at length about, like, um, there's, there's various kind of... Um, questionnaires in the book and they're not for any you know they're just for you to think about like list five people that have really been encouraging to you in 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 being becoming an artist and Mm -hmm. and have encouraged you in some kind of way and likewise who are the people what happened to you to kind of stop you along along the road you know and um you know that kind of those kind of questions they're good i mean sometimes they can be a certain degree of pain compared, you know, uh, uh, involved with it. But I think in, in the long run, the reflection, you know, know, is a very, very helpful thing to to look at it in, in, in that light, you know, she even has, she has an exercise, like do a self portrait collage, right? Look through magazines, look through, you know, and, and it's, it's, this isn't what she intended, but 20 years ago when I, was doing the artist's way that got me into doing collages and I I couldn't make that jump, but giving myself the permission that it would be okay to do that because, well, I'm, I'm following this sort of 
course in this book. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. So what I, I started doing was I took all my old reference photographs that I that I used to make. This goes back again, 20 years, even a little more. And back then, um, I hadn't quite gotten facile enough with printing. So what I would do is I would still making the transition. I was shooting slides. I would get color Xeroxes made. And I had literally hundreds, I had piles of these big, you know, 13 by 19 color Xeroxes. And they had that beautiful kind of faded, not really intense color, but it's like that kind of a particular type of, of color that was all, you know, it, it, it worked inside of a certain scale, um, color scale with each other. And so I just started playing with those images, you know, and it became a thing. It became a thing which I found very fulfilling for a while to, to help me um, find new ways to, to, to really make images and to the freedom of uh, building an image that way. And then the freedom of changing things so rapidly through a collage, just taking a huge piece of orange paper and putting it right down in the piece of, in the middle of the picture, something I could never do if I was painting, you know, mm -hmm. or drawing. Yeah. And it was a really freeing kind of um, uh, uh, exercise, which became a little more than an exercise. It became something that really uh, was, I was principally working in that medium for about a year or two years around that time. And, Again, I kind of owe it to the the artist's way, the book to it as as a way of, of um, finding that and, and yeah. getting that, you know. What are some some uh, tips or uh, resources you think would be helpful for emerging uh, artists to explore uh, to you know that we haven't had the chance to talk about, but you think would be really helpful? Stuff that has been helpful for you over your course of practicing art and teaching art at the same time. Right. Um, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to assume you mean like in the same direction that we're, we've been talking about really. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, wherever you want to take it, I think, you know, resources, resource. So whatever helps, helps. Um, you know, I mean, I think I, I just want to, you know, just to kind of, maybe I didn't actually put it this way, but for me, that the question always becomes, like, how can I make this interesting? How can I make it interesting enough to want to do it, right? And, um, you know, a lot of people f are motivated by money, <laughs> to be yeah. honest. I mean, a lot of people in the art world, when you see what they're doing, that's the thing that makes it interesting to them because they know if they do this, so-and-so will want, you know, will right. be, you know, they have collectors and that whole side of things. Um, so again, I, I go back to that question of, uh, for me, it's, well, how can I find a way to make it interesting, to make it something I want to do, you yeah. know? And um, I was talking with um, my teacher, my teacher, Jim Kearns, who I had in my first year of uh, art school. And um, so that was almost 50 years ago. And he's... 96 years old now. And I said to him, we were talking about this, this subject, you know, and I said to him, you know, I always, I thought that like once you learned how to mix a color and how you learned, you learned about perspective or you learned how to 
make a lithograph. You know, I thought it would be getting easier. And he said, no, it doesn't get easier. It actually does get harder, you know, because for all of these reasons, you know, that we've been discussing that it's like, um, you know, find it, finding some, some reason to make that picture, you know, mm-hmm. when, when, you know, you can draw, yes, you can draw, yes, you can paint. Yes. You can print a beautiful photograph, but you know, how do you make it, how do you make it interesting enough to continue it? So that, that's really the question. I know I'm not really answering um, maybe the question you had, but that's, that's the thing that I, I if I could make one point of this, mm. of this kind of idea, these ideas that we're talking about, you know, yeah. it's, um, I look at a lot of people's work and, and sometimes, you know, like the amazing thing is like Edward Hopper, right? Edward Hopper, who's now, this, you know, regard, highly regard, I mean, he's considered one of the great, and he should be because he is one of the great artists. Yet for him, it, it was very interesting. He didn't need to change his medium and he didn't need to change his scale. You know, he worked in a horizontal and it, it could be anywhere from 24 by 30 to 36 by 48 or a little bigger. And he did that for 60 years or whatever. And that's wow. pretty amazing. You know, that's his temperament. Hmm. His temperament is a little bit different maybe than mine and a little bit different from yours, you know. Hmm. And um, I, I, I'm always amazed when I see that he could just keep staying in that same medium, in that same vein. Um, so the important thing, I think, really is for for each of us to find what's important, how to work for you. And for me, that's why I can't, I really can't tell anyone, you know, and you can't, and you know, we each have that, that um, individual outlook, I think, you know, yeah. to find, to discover that, you know, yeah. is really the thing. I think it was you that um, when I first met you, that convinced me of the idea that um, it's not necessary to, have something to say per se as an artist um have something literally to to say um uh, because I, at that time i was so heavy on the idea that every single artist has something to say and i'm kind of like curious about what each artist um you know is interested in in, in contributing what what drives you to continue to make the work after 45 years 50 years mm-hmm. um and, but yeah, I think, yeah, the conversation with you allowed me to really step back and say, maybe there isn't a need to necessarily want to convey something. Maybe for you, it's a personal exploration of, or maybe it's a, a personal journey of discovering and rediscovering. Um, but everyone gets to see the the outcome of that process. But um, yeah, maybe you can touch a, a little bit on that too. You know, I think just the word idea is really an interesting thing because I don't think of what I, I use the word idea because I don't know what other word I can kind of use, but I think the word idea to us again, comes back into that frontal part of our thought process Mm -hmm. and where it becomes very um, limited in a kind of a way. And for me, it's it's really um, well. I think sometimes you know it's like I'm a I'm a big fan of of Bob Dylan. I think I think Bob Dylan's music you know has been very important for me in my own becoming an artist. And um, 
uh, a lot of times I'll be talking with people about it and they'll, they'll say, well, what does these, what does that song mean? <laughs> you know what? And they'll, they'll bring up a song, they bring up particular lyrics. And I don't think of it like that. I never think of his or anyone's songs lyrics as having specific meanings and see as, as, as soon as you, you, you say, Oh, it means, yeah, he was talking about this or that. Uh, and you, 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 you limit what that song or picture or poem means then, you know, I remember a teacher of mine many, many years ago said that, you know, the problem is when an artist really finishes the picture, meaning there's no way for the viewer to enter into the picture. You always want the end, the viewer to enter into the picture and kind of make the story mm-hmm. themselves, yeah. you know? Yeah. So if we look at, in, and a great artist like Norman Rockwell, right? You look at Norman Rockwell's paintings. I mean, they go from point A to point B or point C, whatever, and they have a very specific story, and he told it as well as you could possibly tell that story. You can't tell it better or more more beautifully, right? Well-painted, well-composed, interesting pictures from one viewpoint, but each one of those stories is finished, and so they can become very sentimental, where they are provoking a particular um reaction from you, the viewer, right? I like it to be more like, um, for myself, the kind of work that I try to explore is to keep that more open. So again, um, you can look at it and not be sure what it's about, you know, because it doesn't have a specific meaning. It doesn't have a specific, as we use the word, idea behind it. But there's something that hopefully touches you you know, somewhere in some deeper, deeper sense. I mean, um, that's the feeling. I use the word transcendent. You know, when you look at Vermeer, for instance, when you look mm-hmm. at a Vermeer painting, yeah. uh, the light, the light itself transcends words. It transcends that, that narrative, I think, you know. So that's an important, really important part for me anyway. Yeah, well said. Um I want people to have the opportunity to dig into your work. I think it's some of the the best stuff that I've seen in a, in a long time. Um, I, I'm very curious, too, about the process by which you actually make some of your works. Um, Etchen is still very, some, uh, you know, lithography is still something very foreign to me. So, you know, um, maybe one day you'll... Give, that would be another podcast. Yeah, that would be another episode. There's lots to talk about with you. But um, yeah, it'd be great to dig into that um, process of the art making because I, f- I feel like your work is very steeped in the traditional uh, processes. Um, I spoke to a photographer based in Australia recently, and he spoke to the importance of holding on to craft. Um, many people practice photography today, but many don't necessarily understand the craft. I don't either, so I need to do better. <laughs> you know, a teacher of mine from visual arts once said that, uh, and this is probably the dean of American illustration in the 1960s, Bob Weaver. He said, you know, I really, I really want to see a mastery. When I look at a picture, I want to see that that person has mastered 
whatever the medium is. I want to see a craft involved with it. And I kind of feel the same way. When I see something just thrown there, it leaves me incomplete. You know, it's not, doesn't quite do it for me. And I think maybe that's kind of what you're alluding to a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's one of those things that um, defines a lot of the work, uh, works of the the legendary, you know, photographers, painters that we, we look up to and admire. Um, mm-hmm. Somehow the works that they made have stood the test of time. Um, they, they've ascended to timelessness. So um, I think that's the beauty of investing in craft as opposed to just, you know, I made a photograph today. Let me post it on Instagram. I, yeah, right. <laughs> let me share it with everyone instantly, right? right. Uh, there's no craft, you know, tied to that. Uh, and, you know, it's something that I, I need to do better um, to actually introduce into my, my process as well. But right. yeah, there's value in that. So yeah. I say all that to say, um, an entry point into your work, which is a recent book that you released. So if you can talk a little bit about that. Oh, sure. Yeah. So uh, this past summer, I thought this was like the perfect time to do this book that I've been thinking about for a long time. And, um, you know, I, I've done a few books and I feel like with, with each one, I've gotten better and I've, I've figured out what what I wanted to look like. So this one, I kind of went for... You know, it's a big book. It's um, like I say, coffee table size, 12. It's the size of a record album, you know, for for those of us who remember record albums, you know, and it's about 200, uh, 200 pictures. And, you know, today you can do the reproductions are just I, I am so happy with having this record of my work over the last 40 years you know in this book form um and um you know unfortunately i ended up well not unfortunately but you know it's not widely distributed because i basically did it myself on uh uh, uh printing on demand and so oh wow yeah i basically i'm i'm the distributor <laughs> as well as the creator and and artist and um yeah called um drawn from life and if anybody's interested in it, yeah, it's right on my website. I have a whole page dedicated to it. They can preview it and um, uh, they can get it from me. So, yeah. Perfect. And your website and social media where people can find you is? Yeah. So my my website is a burning light. It's all one word, aburninglight.com. Um, if they just Google Bill Murphy artist, they will probably find me very, pretty easily. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. Uh, of course, Facebook. I kind of concentrate more on Instagram in terms of uh, showing the artwork you know, yeah. on people today. And it's a, it's a good resource, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of great artists that I'm slowly discovering um, that, you know, it's good to have like a resource of, you know, um, contemporary artists who are kind of, again, you know, tied to that process of craft. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's nice to see um, I'm getting my education in arts. So it's good. You know, I've resented for a long time the way that our you know, the visual arts has been kind of decayed by, uh, as you were saying, you know, everybody's a photographer now, right? And, you know, it's affected, I mean, the whole world has changed and probably another topic for another conversation is how 
you know, galleries, and I've heard this from so many people, so many artists over, it started around 2008, which is when, of course, there was the economic downturn, but it has not gone back to the old days, so to speak, you know, and people are not really, you know, the galleries, it's, it's, it's not uh, the commercial venture that it once was, but there's this whole other thing that's opened up, which is reaching people through Instagram. And, you know, when I launched my book in the summer, I ended up, you know, sending them all over Australia, Ireland, England, France, um, you know, it's, it's been great because I feel like it's really helping me to branch out. So that's, that's the plus side of yes. what has the thing that has kind of also eroded the old world of, of showing your art and selling yeah. your art and, and that. Whole yeah. Thing. Lots of uh, institutions have, have, um, changed, I'm sure, uh, which is something interesting because I've been dying to speak to a curator or a gallerist to kind of speak to the idea of how to get work into these spaces, but also again, like how, you know, a lot of the advent of technology has been impacting a lot of these industries. So it'd be, it'd be great to um, touch on those subjects in the future. Right. You know, there's more artists I think around than ever, but there's less venues. That's my feeling that Mm. hopefully in my little piece of the world here, I'm seeing less and less, um, that are interested in showing local artists. So, yeah. yeah. All right, Bill, thank you so, so much. This was really great. It's great, Stephen. I appreciate it. I've enjoyed it. Awesome. That is it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more insights and resources for emerging creatives, be sure to check out artisansintrade.com. We are curating everything from articles and courses to more podcast episodes. We'll see you next time.